Joining us on Heron's Home Podcast, I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we're kicking off season five with episode 105. Welcome, yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. Let's go ahead. We're going to be getting into our uh, end of 2020 roundup today, you know, because 2020 was a, a long and winding one, to say yeah, the least. Yeah, it was. It For was me, crazier. it went by really fast, yo. Like, there was so much shit happening. It actually, it didn't slow down until the end of the year for the most part. Like, it was pretty much rapid fire, random fuck shit. So, <laughs> yeah, man, the year went by pretty quickly for me. But um, it wouldn't be any any justice to an end of year roundup if we didn't start out with um a little in memoriam section. So let's start definitely, out with R.I.P. to Breonna Taylor, R.I.P. to Omar to Aubrey, R.I.P. George Floyd, R.I.P. Tamir Rice. R.I.P. or Casey Goodson, R.I.P. M.F. Doom. I mean, these are just it, it, it's these are just a few of the names, you know. M.F. Doom being the most recent one, which man, that was twenty twenty wasn't wasn't willing to go out without snuffing out one more thing that you love because boy, M.F. Doom, he was a rapper's rapper, man, and I've I've been a fan of his for you know, I'm probably I mean he's been rapping since early nineties under yeah. Zev Love. You know, and and you know, I posted a, a link on the Twitter to an inter uh, or a C-SPAN clip of him speaking in front of Congress in reference to a bill that was trying to be passed to help the, the African American youth. And it was just MF Doom was a prolific rapper and activist from a long time. You know what I mean? I only became aware of him probably about six years ago um, through the Gorillas. Actually, he he rapped a verse on on um, November has come. And I've been a fan of his ever since, but nice. 2020 has has been has been a rough one. And I know Tamir Rice didn't die in 2020, but he was denied justice in 2020. So I believe that it, it is due to 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 count him among the ones that. You and know, it's it's always dishonored. a good time to bring up Tamir Rice's name. Yeah, dude, that shit is it's egregious, especially the ruling that the federal government passed down, where you know the the the, the footage was clear as to what happened in. They they found it necessary to deny his family any form of respite, you know, knowing that there will be consequences for the death of their child. But that is what it is. But, you know, that's the air of 2020. But yeah, I figured it would be fun to do a little end of year wrap up with a lot of my top fives, things that uh, I found were, you know, either exemplary in, in any in individual category or particularly entertaining so yeah uh we'll start out with my top five shows because we did review quite a few shows throughout the course of this year yeah we did and so um i'm gonna go ahead and and so i will give the disclaimer before i go into any of these top fives these are just my personal favorites (laughs) i am not ranking them in terms of like greatness in the overall spectrum of all things i'm not doing that i'm just saying these are my personal favorites that I reviewed or spent a reasonable amount of time with in 2020. And so I tried to to, to uh, limit it to things that were only created or uh, achievements that were were garnered during 2020. So because there's, you know, Simple enough. there's always people doing great things and 
there's projects who, you know, there's movies that I watched that were older that are interesting and so forth and so forth. Right, but yeah, it's the point of including things outside of this year and a year. And exactly. So I tried to, to narrow it to that. Um, so yeah, with that disclaimer being given, we'll start out with my top five shows. Um, and even though I have only had a short time with it, Mandalorian definitely yeah. was one of my the, the quickest ones definitely. that I was able to throw into the um into the mix. So there was Mandalorian, um, and that's because of its amazing cinematography. Um, just general episode designs were really well done. Hell yeah! Um, episode and so uh, the Jedi—that's my favorite one. So sometimes there's you know there's other uh choices that I have on this list that I don't think that were as good as some of the others because maybe their episode uh pacing and, or or the uh plot development throughout the, the episodes was uneven and so they weren't as good as what the Mandalorian put forward which was perfect plot uh pacing throughout the course of its eight episodes um just the development of the characters there was so much going on um, but yeah, the Mandalorian quickly shot up to the very top of the list for me in terms of top shows. Then there was the boys and I just love the boys, uh, very gritty, visceral, gory, like representation of what a world with superheroes would be like, you know, and there's no heroes, honestly, in this <laughs> world, you know, they're just very powerful people and other powerful people and people with different types of power to keep those people in check. You know what I mean? Like, that's all that there is in the boys. You know, there's no heroes uh, at all. And so there's, I so have a like certain real affinity. life sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a certain affinity for the boys for, because I love its portrayal of that world. Um, once again, really well-paced um, season. I thought they did a great job. Um, they the adaptation was really well done. Um, the departures from the from the graphic novel were not so far and so uh, egregious that they ruined the storyline because I see that happen a lot, a lot, a lot. That uh, the TV shows end up departing from the the uh, the, the, source the source material too much, and they just the show writers are not as creative <laughs> as the people who wrote the original story. <laughs> <clears throat> off the rails yeah so there was the boys and so um coming into the next ones were ones that i think suffered from pacing mostly but pretty much excelled in every other category so that was really the metric that separated the those two uh the boys and mandalorian from the rest of the the shows in my top five um and that was the pacing like, it's really hard to pace a TV show well, especially when you don't know how the distribution is going to go, whether they're going to release it all at once. You know what I mean? Because when they're shooting and, 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 and developing the script and all of the episodes, they don't know how it's going to be released, per se. Oh, no, they do. That stuff is determined mm -hmm. before you film. Oh, I thought they just they figured out how many episodes because Mandalorian, they were, well, I guess they might have, they probably knew. They didn't let the public know about how the episodes were coming out yeah. until afterwards because they released it in a weird schedule of like two episodes or one episode, three episodes, three episodes. Um, nah, that is, that's usually done in the, um, in the writing process. In the, in the writing stage is when it's determined how it's, how it's going to be released in that way. 
Oh, okay. If it's going to be like uh, episodic or six at a time, because that then they usually write around that. That's sort of why um that's what set them the Marvel Netflix apart from a lot of other series, because they wrote the entire series and then filmed it, whereas most TV shows usually go um, episode to episode. Okay, well, because some a lot of these shows have been doing it poorly, so I was like, I don't know if they if it's something like they're not syncing up in which they're you know, maybe writing it and then they're releasing it based on like a, a time schedule that they're unfamiliar with because uh, some well, of these shows you gotta remember, are not 2020 doing is different though, you know? Yeah. And so I was giving them that. Kobe that, put that it really through a monkey wrench in, in normal distribution of all mm -hmm. media this year. So yeah, um, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll kick off that with Lovecraft country, nice, which was an amazing nice. show. Gotta catch that. You gotta catch it. It's, it's just a really great expose of what afrofuturism can bring to the table and it did it super super well like i can't i can't really uh i can't articulate how pleased i am with lovecraft country but that is a very personal thing lovecraft country i think hit with a lot of chords that i personally that i personally liked you know what i mean like i don't know if if Maybe my exuberance towards it is just because it combined a lot of elements that I, I thought were thematically uh, um, poignant. Um, but yeah, Lovecraft Country was a great show in and of its own right, whether or not it's my personal um, affinity for it or not. And so that definitely made it into to, to my top five shows of, of 2020. Um, Jordan Peele did a great job in his direction. Um, all the actors did an amazing job. Journey Smollett, um, and I forget the rest of the, the characters, but it's a lot of famous <laughs> actors in yeah, this show. Yeah, um, the lead is actually playing Kang the Conqueror in the MCU, so I'm super excited for that. Yeah, Can't man. Can't remember his name, though. Um, but yeah, it's just a, an amazing overall production. Super well done. Um, I hope that they set up, I hope that they go further in that universe. Because the end of the season absolutely left it open for further uh, further uh, exploration. And I think that it would be really a, a, a great world to, to delve deeper into for sure. Nice. Uh, <sighs> Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Yes. Jonathan yeah. Majors. He's going to be Kang the Conqueror. Gosh, man. I, I can't wait to rewatch Lovecraft Country. That's one. <laughs> and, 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 and pretty much like one of my things is, is like if something's really, really good, I'm going to get it on the box set. That's my that's my that's my like gold support. standard for a TV show is like oh, okay if I want to own the physical copy of your shit if I don't want to be at the whimsy of streaming uh, services to watch your shit that means that your shit was on point <laughs> for sure and Lovecraft Country is definitely one that I would purchase the box set for because um it's a world that I want to I want to be able to revisit at my leisure but there was that um and then there's Umbrella Academy. Nice. Umbrella nice. Academy has was, was a great watch. Um season 2 uh was it 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 made my affinity for 5 that much more. It was such a uh an interesting and and uh entertaining journey to travel down. Uh I thought that it was very inventive and original. It's not a storyline that I've seen before nor did it seem to draw on elements that were very prevalent. You know, the, the, the main character and the use of time travel, I thought, and always a interesting use of time travel will, will get me. Every time. Every time. 
it's one of those uh, plot devices where it's like, you either do it well or it's like, why did you even do that? Like, oh, 100%. 100%. And, and one of the later choices uh, will definitely uh, exemplify that. But yeah, uh, Umbrella Academy made it into the top five. And to round it out, it was uh, Raised by Wolves. Nice. Raised by Wolves was was good. And 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 while there was points in it that I that I was like, what is going on? <laughs> or why did they choose this path? It ended up in a way that made me uh, very... Uh, anxious to see where the season next season takes it because like I absolutely did not like they I I forgot who who wrote uh Raised by Wolves but they wrote turn like twists within the twists that were really very extra like like okay so I, I want to say it was Ridley Scott because I want to say it's in the Prometheus universe but oh, um that would be lit That'll be super dope if it was uh, part of the Prometheus. But yeah, it, according it, it, to this, it's uh, Aaron Guzikowski uh, is the writer of Raised by Wolves. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, there, there was a, a very high-end director that was affiliated with it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I have to look into it. But um, yeah, overall... The Raised by Wolves episodes and the characters were presented in an interesting enough manner that made me want to. And it had enough intertwining storylines to, to make me very interested in seeing where it's going. Okay. According to Ridley Scott is one of the executive producers. Executive producers by Ridley Scott. Okay, got you. Because you get that feeling, you know what I mean? That ambiance that he creates in, in his movies is yeah. very prevalent. Very elseworldly. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's my top five shows uh, of 2020. And that's my favorites. Personal favorites, you know, feel free to at me and tell me how you <laughs> feel about anything. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, at me all that shit. I'll be more than happy to, 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 to get into a Twitter rant as to why I agree or disagree. But you, uh, uh, you forgot about um, uh, Alter Carbon Season 2, though. It was good. It was very good. But honestly, I didn't think it was better than any of those five. Okay. And Alter Carbon, okay. and so yes, feel free to throw in the honorable mentions because Alter Carbon was absolutely honorable mention. Um, it did, it was very entertaining, um, and I, I think that it has a lot to offer for the for the casual sci-fi fan. You know, I think that uh, it's just it sucks knowing that there isn't going to be any continuation on the universe. Bruh. So I feel bad That's about the worst that part about it because it's going to leave you on a cliffhanger. You're like, where yeah. does it go? And you're just like. <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere, That's where it's sir. Going. Nowhere. It's going to the canceled bin, nigga. So yeah, that was definitely a welcome um, honorable mention. Did you have any other shows that you felt like were hitting? No, I didn't watch too many series uh, uh, this year, but pretty much it was the same. Like I, I really liked um, uh, Mandalorian. It was probably my top by far. It was, sure. it was really good. It was really, it's, really it's, good. It definitely delivered the most satisfying overall experience. And I think one thing that it had going for it is that it didn't follow a um, it didn't follow any set uh, uh, length. You know what I mean? Some episodes were thirty minutes, some were forty five. It was just however much we needed to service the story. So mm -hmm. overall, it just made it come. And you out have that flexibility because so you're not yeah. on a fucking network, so you're not trying to fit into a time slot. You're so trying I mean, to fit into a story slot. And it's it's COVID time, so you know everything's out of whack now. No one's so gonna just do complain you if your episodes an extra 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, they're only appreciative. So yeah, so moving on from that, we got the top five movies. 
Okay, okay. Some pretty and good so, references um, here. This, and, and, and despite my, my criticism of Netflix, quite a few of my picks came from their production. I think that that just goes to show the impact that 2020 that covid had on the 2020 movie scene because a lot of movies were either withheld yep. or only digitally released or production was halted so they didn't get to make their release this year and so yeah it, i i was surprised to see that in my rundown like i came up with with so many netflix produced movies um because typically their content is extremely questionable and i'm not going to back down from that stance but at the same token that isn't you know even a broken clock is to write two to three times a day. <laughs> Only two times, but <laughs> in Netflix case, they, they hit a couple times on my top five. So um, we'll start out with, um, honestly, I'm going to say Tenant was my favorite movie of the year. Same. Tenant was Without honestly my favorite movie of the year. Um, Easy. It, it, yes, it requires you to think. And I see a lot of stupid niggas saying that they couldn't make it through the movie. And so be it. I have no problems with knowing that that not everyone can can make it through this piece of art. But this movie was amazingly well done. Oh yeah. Just from the cinematography to the to the to the artful depiction of the storyline to the to the meta critique of the storyline of it being a palindrome and how the movie plays <laughs> backwards and forwards towards a, a single fucking, point like, in time. A, a puzzle square or some stupid shit like that. It's ridiculous. Like, the movie was was masterfully done. It's the, John he, John Washington did a great job. One of my favorite things about this movie is just like I I love how Christopher Nolan is just flexing at this point. He was just like, yeah, I can't write movies in a straight line, so I'm just gonna have to do it in a double loop for y'all, so you can get it. You feel me, bro? This amazing, very well done, very well done. Definitely. And and in even the metaphysics behind the 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 uh, whole idea of the of the inversions fuck it was 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 sound enough to to hold the storyline together <laughs> that's and, all that matters and managed it's to like have, the lady said at the beginning just don't think about it just feel just go by feeling <laughs> just you know it, it 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 was really well done and and all of the the way that the physics interplayed with the story and the plot lines was just super well done and it and was so original, bro. Yeah, it was so original. Absolutely. It was not a story that you see typically see. And and it's not even like your typical hero's journey because mm -hmm. the hero's journey started in the future. And he worked <laughs> back to teach his younger self to do the things that he needed to do to be the man he needed to be in the future. What the fuck, nigga? Really? Like, that shit was bad, bro. That shit was yeah, amazing. Tenet is was very, very good. And if you don't, believe that it's in the top five movies you should rewatch it until you understand because it really is that good it was an amazing movie Agreed. so that was tenant um my number two borat two man <laughs> borat two man i'm not gonna lie that movie nice. was really fucking entertaining still gotta i gotta check. it was well, an amazing movie one. bro and 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 not for nothing it even the parts of it that were uncomfortable were uncomfortable in ways that you, that were interesting to think about. Because I always have a problem with watching an Israeli person uh, parody Muslim people because that is historically just punching down and not a not a uh, a type of comedy that I prefer to 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 engage in. But Sasha Baron Cohen is a trained clown. Facts. He is a trained 
degreed I believe clown. He's a trained buffoon, sir. Thank a you. Buffo- I apologize if my terminology, if my nomenclature <laughs> is incorrect. The proper moniker is buffoon to bestow upon this I man. No, sir. I'm but no, he's he's really it, he's really a good comedian and a very very talented comedian and a very educated comedian, and a very forward thinker, man. This dude yeah. is like. The way his brain works is just amazing, and I also have to uh, really. And he's very brave. Yes, to do some of the I was gonna. Say, I really have to admire how this dude can stay in character in these ridiculous situations, even yeah. when shit is hitting the fan. He just stays in character and just still is like, "No, I'm here to prove a point, and I will not break character." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and 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 even under penalty of. Physical injury, yeah, yeah because they yeah. were going to attack him at that Trump rally. Like he yeah. was laying on the floor of his bus, hoping that they didn't see him inside. They were going to attack in, you know, um, even in our uh, Bruno, they were going to attack him when he was uh, making out with the dude in the and, thing. And, and you know what? For as much oh, they were to, as I disdain Bruno's character <laughs> because of his use of African American iconography in a derogatory way, like the fact that the people who hate him, they don't hate him because of that. Nope. They hate him because he's gay. And that's the part that's that I'm like, it. you know what? Fuck you guys. That's I'm going to side with the gay guy but now. The thing that's funny you guys about are that is... Because trash. Because he's joking. Here's the really funny thing about that. It made them so mad. They were willing to, like, so break down a building. <laughs> yeah. Just just because two dudes were, like, wrestling. In a... Guys, aren't you going to stop and think about what you're doing? But then again, you're asking the, too much of these people already. So. It kills me. And that's so 2020 is not stopping to see if your reaction is matching the the, the, the situation. situation you're in. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so 2020. And it's so 2020. Come on, man. It's crazy, son. From niggas busting down windows because they're mad at police brutality to everything. Like, I love the <laughs> marches and protests. But when niggas were on, in Beverly Hills breaking windows, I'm like, I what hear are you, doing? you, and I'm not going to denounce you, but I just don't see what you're doing. I don't see how that's going to help doing? us. I, I, I only see how that's going to get white people to want more police. But oh, whatever, dude, goodness. it's just like you guys aren't stopping to see like, all right, this shit is just really yeah. not appropriate. And so that's so 2020 is, is reacting completely and utterly uh, in escalation. <laughs> what do you mean take stock of the situation? But yeah, man. So um and and now comes the the my my, my begrudging Netflix uh picks because <laughs> honestly nothing else came out in terms of production companies that I yeah. this year that I thought was really nobody wanted to risk it. it nobody wanted nope. to risk it with the with the movie and pictures. so Netflix came through with the I'll start with Spencer Confidential as my third okay. Still haven't seen that either. You gotta watch that, man. Umbaku and fucking um, and I'm sorry, Winston Duke. <laughs> yeah, I Winston. do know his name because I don't want to. <laughs> and Mark I don't Humphrey. Act like I don't know his name. <laughs> it's just that Umbaku is such a powerful character, and I love that name. Like it's it's absolutely it not derogatory. It's got whatsoever. power behind it. Absolutely, and so I I, I refer to him as Umbaku as a as an honorific, not That's as funny. a derogatory, not as not even to typecast him because I've already pointed out in previous episodes how I believe that the diversity of his castings has been a boon to his career so, also i'm saying my man's is from the caribbean so double shout out to winston duke yeah man he's from trinidad right yeah i believe so he's Trinidad. so yeah man so uh spencer confidential was it had a good mix of comedy action a little bit of drama some plot you know some actual character development which you know not for nothing is not Honestly, if your characters are whack, just don't develop them. That's fine. Just be, just come through on the rest of the shit. How was your come boy through. Post Malone? Oh, he got beat up, so I loved it. <laughs> they, he beat his ass, so you know that's all that mattered. 
fucking he was excellent in his role. Yeah, exactly. He took the stompings like a champ, just like yeah. I wanted to see. Like, and, 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 and wow, is that why I like this movie so much? Because it started out with Post Malone getting his ass beat. Anyway, that made it to my number three. Um, Spencer Confidential, a really entertaining watch. Give Winston Duke his flowers. I'm gonna give that because that man has already. I mean, really, he came on the scene, what, four years ago? And he's got five yeah. movies under his belt that yeah. are fucking solid, solid. Bangers. Bangers. Making banks, son. You know what I mean? Well, Mark Wahlberger did his thing. I'm not going to count him out. <laughs> he was a main character. But, you know, and 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 it's so funny because I would lo- I, I want to call out more, more uh, non-African-American people. But honestly, 2020, African-Americans, we really showed out. We really did a... We did a lot of work carrying this country, whether it was from showing out in elections to producing the entertainment that keeps us going. Our culture is what is keeping American culture alive. We are a heartbeat of this fucking country. Real talk. And we took a lot of L's this year, so we definitely need to get some definitely need to get some shout outs and some big ups, man. Yeah, man. And I feel it's like it's been a rough it, year it, for people of color. <laughs> I feel like that that rough year is generated because of our success. The more they, they see us succeed, the more they feel like they have to publicly crack down. down on us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, moving on from that, we got The Five Bloods. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Lost a great one. You're talking about, R.I.P. You know what I mean? What, what 2020 is taking from us. R.I.P. to Chadwick Boseman, but The Five Bloods was a really entertaining movie. Thank you, Spike, Spike Lee, Lee for, for, for bringing a lot of conflicting ideologies together to be to be to be scrutinized in the heat of 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 a of a deep interpersonal relationship these men these five men who had been through war together who had then separated and developed their own lives and come back together as different people well done thank you spike lee it's a great movie to sit down and just think a little bit about you know what I mean, and, and and I think that might be an underlying theme about most of the things that I enjoyed this year was they, the, when when I was forced to sit down and think about what's been going on and things I've been consuming, they were they were food for thought. They were food for thought, and 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 they they gave they provided beyond just the initial consumption that I got even when I was outside of their presence these these things that I enjoyed really gave a lot of 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 you know fodder to think about and so you know definitely definitely the five bloods was was great for that you know and so thank you for for creating such an interesting storyline with such interesting characters to 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 bring new and interesting thoughts to us because i i see he tried to do that with shirak and unfortunately shirak was not it's just not something that it's something that's too alive and visceral to be making satire of you know what I mean? There's only yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean? There's got to be a certain distance before you start making, you know, fictionalized versions of things. You know, especially when you when you when you commiserate the sentiment, even if you're trying to be artistic about it, which he was. But I think that The Five Bloods was a far was a better hit for for Spike than that one was. And so to round out my list was uh Project Power nice yeah project power with jamie fox great pick and um what's my homegirl's name um um miss fishback Miss Fish. Miss, uh, let me see i don't remember her first name dominique fishback dominique fishback yes dominique fishback. 
Yes. Project Power was a very fun uh, foray into... And shout out to Jason Gordon-Levitt, right? Yes, yes. Uh, You know what I mean? Because once again, I want to give some flowers to some white people tonight, today as well. (laughs) Because, you know, as much as black people carried 2020, there were white people present and helping. So let's not... Let's not uh, erase their contributions to the to the year, but um, Project Power was a great uh, journey into a world of fictional powers in which you know we got to live through uh, a father's vengeance story in the presence of <laughs> rampant uh, scientific experimentation and and the uh, the shenanigans that ensue. And I always love like um, superhero stories told outside of capes. You know what I'm saying? I love well Absolutely. when they're done right. Well, that's well, when that's the right. 2020 superhero. Come on, baby. Yeah. We don't believe in capes no more. We ain't waiting for <laughs> Superman. We seen the movie. He ain't coming. And, and that's exactly how Jamie Foxx was. It was just yeah. like you know, I'm gonna be my Superman. Nah, you know, they no took longer my daughter, waiting for Superman. And I'm gonna. Oh, I actually heard he had another project that he was working on that was similar to that, where he's playing. Um, a single dad he's taking care of his daughter a single poor dad is taking care of his daughter but at night he's actually like a demon hunter and shit so all right i fucks with it he's blade like, he's what? blade okay i was like all right yeah blade i with the daughter i'm with I it i want to see that blade Let's with a family Jamie. life i Jamie fuck with Fox it doing some big shit out here yeah man i'm i'm with all that noise but yeah so that that rounds out the movie picks so i hope you guys have been following along and enjoying some of these uh and if you haven't indulged in them thus far please take some time and enjoy it man do you got any uh honorable mentions for movies um i jujitsu buddy i mean buddy to be fair if you are drunk and you're in for a good time you're not gonna take the movie seriously the movie's acting pretty funny but if you're expecting like a real movie, you're gonna be so disappointed. But <laughs> I would throw in um Invisible Man. I was a little bit reluctant on that, but it actually turned out to be a good movie. So um it, it was a roller coaster my roller coaster ride, which is actually what I give it credit for. Right. I I'm a very even keeled person, so it's hard to movie and that movie made me like it made me hate the movie right in the middle, and then towards and the third act, and I was like, "Yeah, back. reeled it back like, yes. in." So, <laughs> and the ending was very satisfying. So, I, 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 to me, that's a great movie experience. So, I definitely give um, uh, uh, Invisible Man an honorable mention. Also, Black Box, I would also give that one an honorable mention. Um, it was a great horror movie. That's it was, from this year. That was produced this year. Yes, I believe okay. so. But I got to double check. Let me. Uh, and I think that's I don't remember too many uh, you pretty much talk so, so we watched a lot of shit from older shit but not yeah yeah, yeah. mostly but definitely um, I just remember seeing jujitsu on this year's <laughs> list and I was like get the fuck out of here <laughs> it's so weird it's such a nonsensical movie why why <laughs> it's called jujitsu but but why Nicholas Cage no one is on jiu-jitsu. the cover with a sword what does a sword have to do with jujitsu listen you're not hey, doing jujitsu right is your problem what does a katana have to do with jujitsu even Yikes. better question not even a kempo's is that it's a fucking it's just but anyway it was it was it was it was fun it, it was fun if you're not taking it seriously but yeah um tenet was my number one movie this year so i, I don't have too much peninsula i'd give peninsula an honorable mention that was fun not as good as on train to busan but it was still very enjoyable well wait what what was the movie where where, where uh thor was saving the indian kid Oh, that was really good. Oh man, what is that called? Uh, Tra- 
uh, I feel like it's like Redemption or some shit like that. Yeah, something with the on. Um, oh, that was a really good movie. Oh, Extraction. Yeah, that's the one with um Chris Hemsworth and unfortunately I don't know what the other kid's name. But. Yeah, yeah, movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was a good movie. That was that would that's definitely the um honorable mention this year. Man, fuck you, I Netflix. Agree with that. Like I really dislike their shotgun approach to just dis- publish and distribute everything. <laughs> You're gonna hit a- sometimes. You're not gonna hit sometimes, and the times you don't hit, fuck it. I don't like that. I really don't because like they really, really, really fucked up doing this, like doing the cuties movie and doing that other fucking murder porn movie that I fucking talked about earlier in the show that I don't even remember the name of because it was so fucking <laughs> reprehensible. Like it's a real toss up in Netflix, but Hey, they did get three. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, despite me vehemently disliking them, I still gave three of their productions uh, billing in my top five so it's not hate it's not hate i genuinely believe what they're doing is bad but that's just me whatever this is an end of year wrap up this is not a me rant up so let's go on um those are the movies so yeah let's hit up uh top five albums now these are just my favorite albums it's heavily skewed towards hip-hop um not a lot of uh reggae and not a lot of rock honestly I new rock. Damn, I don't I haven't listened to any new rock. New year. no new rock, bro. Yeah. I listen to tons of old rock. Don't get me wrong. Same. System of a Down will forever be a part of my soul. Like those System of a Down speaks to a part of me that's so visceral and 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 so integral that it'll never go away. But I haven't listened to any new rock, honestly. I wouldn't even be able to tell you a new rock song that came out in 2020. Same. And that is that's sad to me. But it's not for any lack of love for the genre. So hopefully um, some of the people that I fuck with heavy, like Jesse, will put out some shit that I really rock with heavy. So, I mean, I have hope, but I don't know if mainstream rock is a thing anymore for me, at least. Like, they haven't produced an act or a performance that I'm appreciative of as of late. But It's been a while since I've listened to any um, mainstream rap. But Same. yeah, um, reggae is going to get a lot rock. more of a big... Oh, Buju. Yeah. I want to give a a, a, a a shout out to Buju because he didn't make my list, but he definitely put out good music this year, and I definitely want to give yeah. him his flowers. Because um, I know a lot of other reggae artists have put out music, but Buju's music, I think, was uh, was very prescient and necessary for this time. Yeah. I, I really liked his um his, his verse that he did with the uh, uh, Coffee on the Under Pressure remix. He's yes. like spitting nothing but facts on that verse. Big time. But yeah, so um, all right, let's let's go ahead and hit up the top five albums. Um, my number one is um Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo. Nice. I rock a lot of songs off of that in the rotation on the regular. On the regular, um, Alchemist is doing it major this year. He's just destroying everything that he puts his hands on, and in a great way. Freddie Gibbs, I think, is setting himself up to be one of the premier lyricists in hip-hop history. And I don't mean that hyperbolically. Um, Freddie Gibbs is an amazing rapper. I'm talking about just rapping. I'm talking about putting words together. Um, <laughs> because, and, and that's one thing I loved about MF Doom. And I don't want to take this away from, from my music top five, but I think it's very uh, 
uh, on point right now to to comment how MF Doom was a lyrical rapper. Definitely. MF Doom's whole style wasn't about rapping fast. Wasn't about having catchy beats. Wasn't about anything other than I'm going to put these words together better than you. Better than you could have ever imagined to say the dumbest shit. And you're going to love it. I'm going to put these random words together in the most coherent way, in the most entertaining way possible. And I dare you to try to do it better than me. That was MF Doom. That man's wordplay was his 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 shtick. It was his style. It was his everything. And and he really was an exemplar of of lyricism, putting words together in entertaining fashion. And so, shout out to Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist putting together Alfredo for my number one. Um, I know that I didn't actually talk about the album. I talked about MF Doom, but it's only a testament to how highly I think of Freddie Gibbs' lyricism that I put it up there in a discussion with some of the legends like MF Doom. Um, the out al- the album the 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 beats were just immaculate, and 2020 was definitely the year of the producer, and I can't wait to get to that <laughs> section because some these producers out here were going dummy. They were going dummy. Like these fucking producers were were losing their fucking minds out here just making this amazing music. And so my number one rap album of the year goes to Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist on Alfredo. Uh uh coming up in a very close second, what for me was Nas and Hit Boy nice, King's nice. Disease. That Great album choice. um to not give the 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 god the king the the general Nas a top three when he released such a amazing album this year would be egregious. I couldn't do it. Um, I had to give this man his flowers because Nas is one of the few people I believe who is trying to gatekeep properly. I, and I and I call I, and I will say that Fat Joe is another one. He's trying to be a positive gatekeeper. Um, Buster Rhymes to 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 a degree, even you know, even though I think that Buster Rhymes is cool with a lot of slackness, man. He be his, his artists, they be wildin', but he's a he's a good gatekeeper. I think that honestly, the one who's been doing it the best has been Nas. Between his his uh, his influence and mass appeal to his contributions to the actual music scene, to his work with DJ Shadow, just everything that Nas does, even his work with Nas. I mean, I'm sorry. Even his work with Kanye. <laughs> Nas's work with Nas is immaculate. You feel but me? Nas's work with Kanye, even if even though it's not his best work, was still was still him lending his star power to to try to keep a a a, a genius alive. Because Kanye could possibly be a genius, but the problem is, is that he's too riddled with mental illness to ever really exemplify that. But even then, Nas brings his lyrical acumen to the table to make a passable body of of art. And so I had to put Nas at the top for his overall performance throughout the year through his continued work 
as a gatekeeper and through releasing an amazing album amidst doing all of those other things. King's Disease is definitely in my top top five. <clears throat> then um we got Conway the Machine <laughs> from a god from a king to a god. Now this is this is New York rap at its finest. And who would have known it was coming out of motherfucking Buffalo? <laughs> and not for nothing, I had to fight because I wasn't I I I I could have easily dominated this top five with three Griselda projects. I could have easily had West Side Gun with um from Paris with Love, a, for, uh the West Side Gun project, and Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof. All of those were top tier albums. Top tier albums. But Conway the Machine came away with the with the with the placement because this album was masterfully put together and honestly, if I out of now typically I am more uh I I find Benny's style to be more entertaining. But Conway just really took it away, this album. And in a in an arena of amazing albums, Conway the Machine just took it to the next level and really proved to me that not only does Griselda because it was it was easy to say that Benny was Griselda's golden egg. But not only did he say that not is he on par with, if not better than Benny that the Griselda projects have a bright future. Like you, like it, it didn't, not that it left anything open, but it, it showed that there's so much more that can be done with the sound. So Conway, the machines album from a, uh, from a King to a God definitely makes the top, top five. Then comes in with, um, R T J. Four, bro, Run the Jewels four album was amazing. Killer Mike and motherfucking LP, uh, LP just destroyed this album. And honestly, this album, and I don't know if I could actually put these albums in any particular order because if we were to talk about playtime, Kendrick listens to RTJ4. Whether <laughs> it's fucking um, Walking in the Snow to Ooh La La to, to um, Just... Like Kendrick loves all of those songs. I love all of those songs. That shit gets probably the most rotation in my house of any album. Ooh la la is lit. Next to um next to probably the number five. Honestly, like it's funny because I the things that I that I like the most, I play the least in hopes of not playing them out. But <laughs> a lot of the things later on this list have just replay value to them. Like they just they, they don't get old. And RTJ4 is one that I'm going to listen on repeat for a long time. It's an amazing album, perfect for the time, amazing lyricism, amazing beats. Like it's, and you know, honestly, it was RTJ2 that I started hearing uh, Michael Render talking that shit. Like, no, I hope you guys understand. I'm putting out the best albums of the year. You niggas are just not <laughs> seeing it. And I was like, this arrogant motherfucker. Yeah, I love when Killer Mike is talking And now shit, I'm man. listening to his music. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, talk Fuck. your shit. He was right. 
Talk your I shit. was, I was, I. If you listen to to Michael Render say those words and don't acknowledge that at least what he's saying is valid, even if you don't particularly agree, then you are the one who's flawed. If you are talking about rap. Killer Mike has been putting out some of the best rap albums since 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 uh uh rap facts since since his album with reagan on it like killer mike and you know what it is it's just i'm i have such an aversion to arrogance and the problem is, is that killer mike is one of the bests and he has no problems with telling you he's one of the best and proving to you he's one of the best so it's like this <laughs> arrogant nigga and it's like wait 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 if you stop and actually assess this nigga's ability, you do understand that he's just speaking facts, right? You feel me? The difference between arrogance and confidence is often perspective. It's perspective, you know what I mean? And so Killer Mike worked his way from me considering him arrogant to me acknowledging him as one of the best. And so RTJ4 is an, is a culmination of him proving over several years he is one of the best rappers out there making music right now. And so him and LP, you know, and LP is so funny because he's so humble. He's a complete opposite. He's like, I'm going to just spit these rhymes. I hope y'all like them. If you don't <laughs> like them, just let me know. I respect y'all opinion, but I'm going to spit grimy rap no matter what. Just to let y'all know, I'm spitting that grimy ass white gutter from gutter nigga from Brooklyn rap. And, you know, you might not like it. I get it. You need it. that balance, though. You but know what I mean? You need that balance in the team. And that's the beauty is that despite all that humility, he is... Right up there with Mike as one of the best lyricists in the game right now. So it, it's so funny because, like, yeah, you got the polar opposites and they both meet right in the middle at greatness. What are you going to do? It's the most what important do? intersection. And that's what RTJ4 is. So I haven't said a thing about the, genu- the actual album other than all of my esoteric bullshit. But, yeah, it's a really good album. It's just a good album. Listen to it. Listen to the lyrics. Listen to the beats. Listen to them independently. You might not actually want to hear anything heavy. So just listen to the beats. Or if you want to hear some substance, listen to the words. They're there. It's just a great all-around album. And so I highly recommend that one. So that's number four. And to wrap up my fucking list, we got New Beginnings, Reason. Okay, okay. Reason's album is amazing. It's really fucking good. And if you haven't given it time, you're doing only yourself a disfavor, a disservice. It is a quality album with several bangers and every track worth listening to. You will not find a very much more consistent sophomore than, or I I wonder if he considers himself a freshman. I don't know. Don't take my word for it because I'm not a music critic, but it's, he's, he's a young artist. He has not put out that much work under TDE. And for him to be this far and this well-developed, he is going to be fucking amazing. Pay attention to Reason. This man right here is putting out really good fucking music, and I highly recommend you take your time out and listen to New Beginnings. It's a fucking banger. Banger, banger. And and, and also, it was very prescient. It had a lot of shit to do with, with, with 2020, and so it'll make you feel some shit. It ha- you know what I mean? Just by having things that are relevant to 2020, it means that you have shit that's going to be kind of evocative so resonate take your time yeah it's a it's a good it's a good listen for sure and yeah and so i had two honorable mentions with those with uh rap album of the year and that's um toby and 
put out a great a, uh, project that was he called it Cinco Originals, and it was just it was a small body of work. It wasn't a full album, but just I love his work from the production of the videos to his rapping to his features. Toby is one of my favorite artists, hands down, bar none. Honestly, I would say he's in my personal top five. My personal top five. Just he's and I love I I I espouse every everything that is part of his ideology. Like this nigga spits shit that I could I could get down with. Real talk. And so I want to shout out Definitely. Toby for his work this year. He's because he's consistently put out amazing African art, African American art. It is African American. It is so quintessentially what African American culture is and should be. You know what I mean? And, and it is hard to embody what something is in the moment and what it should be in the future. And Toby is that. And so there was that. And I want to shout out um, Sean for Detroit, too, because I really loved that album. It was a great album. It deserved to be in 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 the mentions. But unfortunately, I like those other five projects a little bit more. It edged them out. Okay. But yeah. Ely, too. Also honorable mention. Over yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ely Absolutely. Too. Busta Rhymes. Extinction, Le- Extinction Level Event, too. Yeah. Up, up there in the honorable mentions. But there was a lot of good music that came out. And so the rap album was Absolutely, hard. It was yeah. real hard. So. And so we'll go from rap to, to R&B acts. Because not all of these people put out whole albums, but all of them had exemplary works of art put out this um this year and so i'll start out with her okay i love her her is one of the most amazing r&b artists in the world to me she's just her 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 vocal her vocal ability her songs her instrumentality is just top notch and so she put out a, a couple of individual pieces this year that just really helped encapsulate you know another vibe to how you can can understand what's going on because it's easy to to vibe with little baby when he puts out a protest song <laughs> but her brings another vibe to the to the whole uh understanding of of the current air with everything that's going on right now and so i really appreciated her music at the at this at this juncture in time and so i wanted to shout her out as an r&b act that was able to really set the mood for 2020. Um, we also have Sir. Sir did Sir and a lot. Did a lot of amazing work. Um, he did he did his uh, his Tiny Desk performance. He did a lot of uh, uh, of personal performances. Uh, but overall, just his contribution to the uh, body of R and B was really was really great this year. Tiana Taylor, her album, and Always honestly, put I'll work. put Tiana. T- I should put Tiana Taylor at one. Now, honestly, Tiana Taylor deserves to be number one in terms of because she not only had presence with singles, but she had an album, and those she deserves those flowers. So I would honestly say that my my if I were to rank these, it'd be Tiana. Her and then Sir into my top three because Tiana Taylor's album was probably one of the best R and B albums in like the last five years. It was not even just okay, this year. That's high praise. No, it's a that's really good praise. fucking album. That's the pro and and that's why when she came out and said she feels so fucking unappreciated, uh, I understand 
She literally put out one of the best R&B albums in the last five years. And the people in the mainstream are still fucking sleeping on her because probably because she doesn't have that light-skinned Beyonce look. And I'm not going to hate on, I'm not, this is not Beyonce hate. Don't get it wrong. But Tiana Taylor has, she's a black woman. She looks black. She don't have no European features. She has a beautiful nose and lips. And, and so you can, she does not fit any of the types of looks that, that Matthew Knowles would say are marketable. She is a beautiful, uh, uh, headstrong, forward black woman. And so the R&B industry will not promote her. That's the only thing I could see because she dances, she sings, she writes, she like she owns the business behind all of her shit. And and that's something that a lot of people don't seem to understand is that when you are the central point of business for the creation of your art, it brings the overhead of your art way down. You're not outsourcing anything. You're not paying anyone extra. All of the fat is cut off. So why would they not be giving this woman her flowers? I need a good reason. Like, please, provide me some other reason other than the fact that she doesn't represent a, a, a type of look that they want to promote. Because Tiana Taylor has done it all. Let's just be honest. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not trying to cape or nothing. I'm just saying, like, what more do we want from a black woman before we say, like, oh, no, no, she's, she deserves to be up there. Like, she should be probably, like, up there choreographing and doing all of these great things that you see, like, the Beyonce's doing. I mean, she does get that, just not from the people who she really wants it from. And, 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 and I understand that. I honestly do. I do. I, I feel her because, like... Tiana Taylor, I think, I'm not saying she's better than Beyonce, but I'm saying there is there should be an absolute competition there. But if you ask most people, they would never even put them in the same league. And it's like, I don't think that's fair. I don't know if that's fair. In I mean, terms of ability and performance. I don't know. That's opinion, though. That's never going to be, you know, one for one. You know what I mean? It's always okay. going to be very low. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I think there should be a competition. Like, I don't think, I don't think that anybody should say that, 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 that she is like, you know what I mean? Like out of the league. I think that she's she should be spoken of, but I don't think that and and into her own reckoning, she doesn't get put into those categories like she feels like she she deserves. And I and I genuinely think it's because she might not she she doesn't play the way that some other people play. Because it can't be because of talent and and production. Cause she did that, she she did that. She proved that. You know what I mean? When everybody's silent in the pandemic, she put out a top notch R and B album that can outshadow most R and B albums in recent history. Recent history. I mean, I'm not extending back very far. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I just, I really want to give that woman her flowers these days because I don't think you've done that yet. You don't think? So? Nah, nah. <laughs> You ain't done that yet at all. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it's because I don't. I think that in 2020, that is the most egregious snub that I've seen. Is Tiana Taylor snub? That's the most because very rarely because before any of this happened, and you can ask Carolina this way before any of this happened, 
I listened to, to Tiana Taylor's last album. And me and her listened to it while we were driving on a two-hour drive. We listened to the whole album. And at the end of that album, I said, holy shit. That was, that was the best album, R&B album I've heard in a long time. Completely independent of any kind of controversy. This is not an opinion I developed after hearing a bunch of people's opinion. No. I listened to that album and said, holy fuck. That was amazing. That was next level. And so to, to now come four, five, six months later, I don't even remember how many, many months ago it was, and then to, to still see that like nobody's acknowledging that, nah. If, if I have to disproportionately balance the scales, I'll be the, the, the heavy stone on the other end because she deserves it. She deserves someone to weight the scales on that end. Real talk. Don't worry, you're putting in work, my G. All you right. Got it. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm done. You I'm got done. it. We're gonna move on for the to the to the remainder of the R and B. You sure uh, you don't want to give Tiana Taylor some more props? Uh, we got Summer Walkers. Summer Walker has been putting out work. Um, okay, okay. I appreciate the music she's played out. Uh, I don't. So, so Summer Walker, I think, gets distracted a lot by her social media presence, but in terms of the actual body of work she's putting out. You cannot deny that that is a solid body of work. So I will give her her flowers based on the things that are relevant to the discussion and not the shit that's done on the side that is not relevant to discussion. And so, yeah, Summer Walker definitely deserves to get shouted out as as top five R&B artist of 2020. Because, uh, yeah, no, her, her music resonates with a wide variety of demographics. Hits young and old R&B heads. And so... I definitely want to put her name in that. And then uh, The weekend, Despite the uh, hey. Grammy snubbing snubbing him, honestly, The weekend makes quintessential R&B music. Um, it's hard not to mention him. Unless he completely fucks the project up, you're going to have to mention The weekend as putting out some of the most consistent, high-production music that, that of his genre. And so, yeah. I'm not going to deny that. And, and in 2020, Weekend produced a solid body of work to for people to vibe to. Um, I don't know how much longer that vibe has in the scene, but he's <laughs> definitely going to ride that vibe until it's no longer accepted in the scene. And so he it's did his thing. Do. And so, yeah. No, Use I your give, brand till, ex- it's till not, it expires. It's not expired. And so exactly. I'm going to have to give Weekend his props. His, he definitely... Um, I've listened to quite a bit of weekend, uh, weekends music throughout the course of 2020. Yeah, keeping in the theme of music, let's hit the top five producers. Nice, because there's been a lot of producers that might not have been featured on albums or hit singles, but have produced over the course of uh, a lot of tracks. And produced songs that are relatively popular, even if they haven't had a conglomerated success. And so I'll start out with, even though, it, despite that description, the first two on the list are, of course, two producers that have had a ton of success. And, you know, uh, whether it's albums or individual tracks, and that's... Uh, Hit Boy? Hit Boy. <laughs> no, because Hit Boy produced King's Disease. He produced Detroit 2. He produced a Freddie Gibbs joint. I mean, I just... I, Man's been working. Man. Let me not even, like, he... Man's been working. 
Hit Boy in 2020 is what Mustard was in 2019. Is that fair to say? Because 20 Mustard was just banging out hits in 2019, like like he was skeeting them shits out of out at will. Like the shit was stupid. You know what I mean? Like Hit Boy right now is the go-to producer, not just for a single sound. Even in my opinion, he could produce over a range of sounds. <laughs> That's real talk. So number one was Hit Boy. My opinion, favorite for the okay. year of 2020. Okay. Solid choice. Close second, Alchemist. Okay, just still another solid choice. Alchemist has also produced across a range of albums and artists, and managed to 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 garner success over all of those works. And so, Alchemist was a close second. Only because he just didn't produce as much as Hit Boy. The quality was on par. They were neck and neck, but Hit Boy just kept producing. Talk, talk about living up to your name. Like, Hit Boy is all I do is make motherfucking hits. hits. Nigga. <laughs> like, um, he really did it very, very, very large. You know what I mean? And not for nothing, 2019 had a lot of producers. So there's a lot. I, I found this category particularly hard to populate. I had a lot of, uh, yeah, of producers, runner, uh, you know, picking up the, the tail end of this list that were very quality. But just me personally, these were the ones that made my list. So out of those, you got Hit Boy, you got Alchemist. And then I'm gonna have to shout out my boy Parks <laughs> from JBP. Nah, Parks. That's not for nothing. Parks's indie and underground catalog. Yo, this goofy white boy is is probably one of the top ten purveyors of the New York sound of hip hop. Okay. Period. Like hands down. Like and 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 so I gotta give him his flowers. I love me some Parks. I think that for the most part he's a genuine dude. I like his personality on the pod, but as a producer, not just producing everything on the JBP on the J- Joe Budden Network, he also produces a huge body of indie work that is fire. <laughs> so I got to give Parks his flowers in 2020 because that nigga has kept it pushing real talk so definitely give parks that number three spot then i gotta hit up kenny beats not familiar with kenny beats kenny beats pretty much makes beats for all the young boys the shminos jids all the young boys and boy, this nigga knows how to... And when I say nigga, he's a white dude, so let me not. For those who are unfamiliar, he he is a very popular L.A. producer, but Kenny Beats produces some of the best bass lines that I... He, the, just, just the most dynamic bass lines in contemporary hip-hop that you'll find, period, hands down. I love me some Kenny Beats bass lines. He never just gives you that 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 straight bass bass drum roll. He's always giving you something new. You know what I mean? 
just something interesting. And he's working with interesting artists. And so they're always rapping over interestingly over his beats. Kenny Beats definitely earned a spot in 2020. Um, he might not have the deepest catalog, but if you fuck with what he's got, you fuck with what he's got. Kenny Beats definitely gets a mention on my top five producers of 2020. And then um, this one might not be one that people are very familiar with, but one that you need to get familiar with. And that's Che <laughs> Noir. Okay. She does a lot of Dreamville production, um, a lot of Earth Gang production. She did production on Spillage Village. And this young lady slash grown-ass woman, I don't know how she chooses to, to refer to herself, but respect. She is killing it on the production level. And I highly recommend checking anything that Shea Noir's label is on because she is one of the, the highest-end producers that we have in the industry right now. And the best part is, is that she she's so slept on. And when she blows up, niggas is gonna be like, "Oh shit, where'd you come from?" Be like, "Nah, nigga, it's too late, too late." But yeah, now Chain Noir, Chain Noir was an amazing one. But that was um, that's my top five, and I want to give out my honorable mentions to uh, Royce the Five Nine. Hey, he's producing that. Oh yeah, bro, he produced the allegory, which was Grammy nominated. Like hey, on his first on his first outing producing. Yo, Royce is going to be a fucking top-level producer in no time because on his first outing, he produced a stellar album and the allegory only did not end up on my charts because it's it's mood music. <laughs> and the mood in 2020 is so shifting that I didn't get to sit on the mood for it very long. But it, it was a fire album and the production on it was great and that was his first foray in into producing an entire album and he smashed it he just did a great amazing job nice. and everything that royce has done whether it was rapping or producing this year was amazing and i wish that and 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 if i had to give it a a, a top five just all around presence performances royce would be there for sure between his podcast his music his production royce has been killing him it, it, and and I can tell that in any of those categories next year he's probably going to be in a in 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 a roll call for sure. And so yeah, I want to give an honorable mention to to Don't Royce. Thanks, Royce. And also to um Nell, who's Toby Nguegue's uh producer. Nell is an, Toby Nguegue's peeps always got love for him. Yo, Nell is an amazing producer. She does all of his production from what I understand in terms of just his albums and I'm and she's got a, a a catalog outside of that that is also quite reputable. And so, yes, I would have loved to put Nell in that top. But she definitely gets that honorable mention. And over time, you're only going to hear more from her. And so I want to give a huge shout out to Nell um, for her production props. Let's move on from that to uh, something that uh, I think is relatively new to the entertainment sphere. But I think this should... Uh, be its own genre unto itself, and that's top five podcasts. Hey, hey, you know what I mean? Like, I think that podcasting is is a is a uh, whole genre unto itself these days, and is deserving of in its own right of 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 its own mentions. 
And so I'll start out with my personal inspiration, something that I listen to a ton, and that's JBP, Joe Budden Podcast. Honestly, like, that is the format on it, I think, for, you know, uh, conversational podcast uh, that covers a wide range of topics, but at the same time, uh, also gives a different uh, perspective and or entertainment value to those topics. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I want to shout out the, the JPP because without that structure, like that's the that's the the structure that has created the platform that makes things like what we do palatable. And so not for nothing, you know, I look to 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 that podcast a lot for my inspiration. So I wanted to give them a shout out. I would be remiss not to. It would be disingenuous not to. If you if I myself am going to do a podcast category, I got to shout out JPP. So now that that's out of the way, um, looking at podcasts that are generally just entertaining and also trend setting, I look at Drink, drink Champs. Nice. Yeah, Drink Champs with Noriega uh, and DJ EFN. Shout out to DJ EFN. He has provided music for our show. Season one. He's a friend of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Love DJ EFN. Can't wait to eat at Hex Pizza Shop with him when, you know, <laughs> when we head out to Florida. Um, I'm going to hit him up. Maybe you could chill with him and take a picture or something for the Instagram or something. You know how we it. do. But yeah, uh, you know, Drink Champs is a, is a huge... Uh, I think purveyor of the culture, you know, they, they bring a lot of older acts to the, to the forefront and platform them to, to, to be able to speak at large on, in, in an arena that might not be as familiar with them. And they also have a good rapport, I think with some of the younger guys, even though they don't platform them as frequently they're also. I, I'm pretty sure that once you've made your name, you're welcome on the drink champs. And so, <laughs> there was there's there's a huge opening there for for uh, young cast to interface with a platform that might bring an audience to them that might not typically be be listening to them. And so that's I want to shout out drink champs for being a great uh, uh, example of of bridging, you know, the the culture with the industry. Because there's a huge gap between the culture and the industry, that's for sure. Definitely. And uh, Drink Champs serves as a as a great purveyor of how to do that correctly. And so I have to put them up there. Then there is um a, a rather new podcast that I've been engaging with that is is great whether you're a guy or a girl or a female or a woman. I'm not sure what the correct nomenclature is, <laughs> but um, either one. Whether you're a man or a woman, this podcast is great for expanding your horizons, and that is the "See the Thing Is" podcast. That's another podcast on the Joe Budden Network that has uh, Bridget Kelly, Mandy B, and Olivia Pope on it. And these three young women are really good conversationalists, and they talk about a lot of things that you know might not be comfortable. To talk about if you don't have a solid core group of of women that you like to talk to. You know what I mean? And in a world where women don't have good relationships with other women, it, 
it's a good podcast. And as a guy, it's a great podcast to just hear women speak to become more comfortable with some of the things that we used to be able to just say, we're not, we're not giving a ross about them things. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's good to engage with them in a passive way like that because it opens up your your horizons to understand how women are thinking. You know what I mean? And so I want to give a shout out to the See The Thing Is podcast because it has definitely helped me get past some of my personal proclivities and open my mind to say, you know what? Okay, if that's how women feel about that, if that's a general consensus, if that's a thing, and, it, and it's strictly a a a a, a big bad man thing that makes me avert <laughs> to that, then maybe I have to stop and say, well, maybe it's not for me, but it's not for me to bot up someone else for getting into them things. And so I really appreciate that that podcast because they, I frequently have to stop that podcast and 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 just turn away for a minute. Just be, Yo, I can't have business with you. You're chatting too loose, yo. And then I come back to him and it's like, you know what? It might not be for me, but it's not for me to judge other people who choose to spend their time doing them things. And so I, I really appreciate to see The Thing Is podcast for that. And so um, I want to give them a What's shout out. What's it called again? See The Thing Is. Okay. Um, see The Thing Is. That's a pretty there. good um. It is. It is. Pretty good name. It is. At first, it's kind of jarring, but just like yeah, the podcast. Because you, you say it like it's written, not like yeah. it's meant to be said or heard. <laughs> listen, let's see. The thing is, podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> yes. See, I, I, the thing is, that, that's, I fucks with that title. Yes, sure. it, it's actually a really good title. Where can we find these ladies? On SoundCloud and YouTube. Awesome. awesome. And honestly, the YouTube is smashing. Yo, JBP, yo, that is your real bread and butter is I think that their YouTube viewership is going to be where it's at, especially because, you know... The, the, Were they a part of his network or something? Yes, he's starting a network, and so he has his podcast and their podcast so far on it. Smart yeah, man. man. Yo, Joe Budden is is trailblazer. Trailblazing. But yeah, man. Um, Shout out to OG Hatch. You know what I mean? He's a who podcast... Is OG Hatch? I'm sorry. OG Hatch is, is, is a fellow podcaster who I uh, interact with on social media. Shout out who's to doing OG big Hatch. things. Yo! He's doing big things and 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 not for nothing. He's he's got a lot of eyes on his podcast and I've listened to his podcast and it's it's an entertaining podcast. Do your thing, you know what I mean? He's definitely going to show up in the sh- in the runners up uh category, but moving on from see the thing is podcast, uh People's Party podcast with Talib Kweli. Hey, shout out to Talib. Talib throughout Talib. the pandemic has provided quality interviews with with great uh, personalities in hip hop who who have contributed uh, very much to the to the scene, and I really wanted to shout him out because it's just good. It's educational. Talib Kweli is a erudite of the of the utmost pedigree, and he might not always come forth as that with his social media presence or whatever. But understand that when you're interfacing with Talib Kweli, you're interfacing with someone of the utmost intellectual value. And he brings that to his podcast. Thanks. And I love that shit. I love how he does the homework. He thinks deeper. And he's asking questions that are relevant and super poignant to to uh, not just the, perso- uh, the personality he's talking to, but in general to the times. You know? And so... Yeah, I really appreciate People's Party Podcast. That is one that, with Jasmine Lee, you cannot mention People's Party Podcast without Jasmine <laughs> Lee. 
the co-host and 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 producer Jasmine Lee has done a phenomenal job. Jasmine. You know, do not erase black women's uh, 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 achievements. She has been a pivotal part of that show, and and one of the and one of the main reasons why it's been so successful. And so, I absolutely want to give her a shout out. Um, but People's Party Podcast has been just a great source of of highbrow in, uh, interview uh, entertainment. And so, I want to shout them out. And then, um, number five, I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna get a little bit in my um rapper bag and say Heron's whole motherfucking podcast hey. is number five because come on, people, if hey. you're listening to me right now and you've been listening for this long, then clearly you fuck with me. Fuck so don't with put it. me in the we're top five because go. I've seen a lot worse rappers put themselves in their top three. <laughs> so I'm gonna definitely put myself in my top five. Real talk. Feel I'm man. gonna take a sip to that nigga. Our podcast can be all. Five of your top five podcasts. Not for nothing, and I'm not bragging, and I want to keep it low-key. Oh, he's key, definitely bragging. But, <laughs> oh, clearly. <laughs> I got an email the other day from uh, a ratings company that 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 uh, monitors podcast ratings, and we were in the top 179 podcasts. Shout-outs. Thank you, everybody. We, just saying. Just saying. We're in the top the 200 podcasts. I know there's thousands of podcasts out there, so I feel like that's an achievement. But anyway, we're going to move on from that because we're not trying to get big heads out here. We're trying to grow. We're trying to do it big. That's funny. You know what I mean? We Actually, we were in the top 200 podcasts, and we were number 179. By the way, there we go. I'm a little. I, I, so we only got to take over 179 more, 178 no, more niggas before honestly, we get to the top. That's 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 not for nothing. That's crazy. That's not like for what we do. Like for making this podcast from from our home. Like this shit is that's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's pretty but dope. anyway, yeah. Moving on from that, um, we're gonna put ourselves at number five, yo. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for fucking with us. Definitely. We're doing it. We're thank gonna you, make this you. as big as we possibly can. Everybody who 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 has contributed, trust and know that we will be perpetuating this into the future as far as we can. We want to give you your bank for your buck. We appreciate your patronage and your support, and we love doing this. We love Definitely. that you love us Definitely. doing this. So let's keep on doing this. You feel? All right. But alrighty. So moving on from podcasts. Um Let's go on to uh, the top five uh, video games. Ooh. Yes. Now, mind you, once again, these are my favorites. I don't even play shooting games like that. So my top five will be very much engendered by the type of games I play and, and the kinds of games that I like to watch. So starting out, number one, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hey, I did enjoy that. Final Fantasy that VII fun. Remake was an immaculate game. It was fun. It was amazingly done. It seamlessly blended the action RPG and the and the menu-based JRPG uh, uh, genres without flaw. The story was amazing. Um, the, the mission system might have left a little bit to be, to be uh, desired, desired, but... For the most part, the game fired on all cylinders. The extras were fun. The summons were fun. The 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 culmination to the next next episode, I think, was fulfilling. I very much look forward to continuing the Final Fantasy VII remake series. 
I find Final Fantasy VII Remake to be my number one game of the year. That's just me personally. Okay. We'll follow that up with Animal Crossing New Horizons. Mm. Animal Crossing New Horizons was a good game. It wasn't... I it wasn't my personal favorite, but for what I saw it do, Animal Crossing had to had to make it in the top five. Now I don't know if if it makes it into. I don't know if these these are going to be in order of of one through five, but it would be hard to mention twenty twenty without Animal Crossing, New Horizons in terms of just player base, in terms of gross. Like the game is successful and highly entertaining to those who who indulge in that in that genre. So I wanted to give it a shout out in the top five. Um, then is The Last of Us. Last of Us okay. was an action of us RPG. Yeah, that. Last of Us Two uh, was an action RPG that, for what it's worth, the storyline alone is is enough to take it into into a, another echelon of video game in terms of just the okay. story it chose to tell the it chose it, it chose to tell such a deep and dramatic story for a video game that's unmatched honestly there's not a lot of video games that will will lead you on the journey that the last of us two led you on it was an amazing up and down journey. And moreover, <laughs> if you actually played through the first one, the emotional ties to the characters in the second one were immense. And so I wanted to give a shout out. Now, that's a game that I ended up watching. I watched the playthroughs of that game. I didn't actually play through it because it's an act, it's an action game. But the, cine, the, the cinematography, the story it tells is next to none. The game is okay. is is amazing. It's nice that they were able to deliver that twice because that's more or less what I heard about the first one. Yeah, it's completely story based. Like the entirety of, and not to say that the game plays bad, but the story is so compelling. Oh, it's a story I would love to see in movie format. Like if you want to make a movie out of a video game, don't be a fucking idiot and make a movie out of that for fuck's sake. Like stop trying to take Witcher and all those, which they did a good job of in the Witcher series. But like, stop like taking these stretches and take these amazing stories like Last of Us and turn them into fucking movies. That's an amazing movie, in my opinion, because the game did it, and I honestly believe that that was a better movie. Like that game, oddly enough, and I never actually felt that way about a game where I watched the game and said, you know what, that would have just been a better movie. Like, holy shit, <laughs> that story was amazing. I wish I didn't have to control any of it. Like. It was one of those, but yeah. So Last of Us 2, just because of the engrossing experience that it provided, definitely made it into my top five. Then um, Final Fantasy 14. And honestly... Yeah, that was fun. I, I think that, that every this, yeah. year that Final Fantasy 14 updates and makes its game better, it's going to end up in the top five games of the year for me. It's just a good game. And if you ever are looking for an MMO, it's one of the most engaging and easy to get into MMOs and it will it will provide gameplay for as long, if not longer than than World of Warcraft. At at a less, I believe it has a cheaper subscription than World of Warcraft. Oh, it's the same amount. Oh, it's the same amount now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like fourteen bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, it definitely went up since last I played. 
But um, the game has been a, just an amazing growth to watch. In my time that I spent with it, I spent a significant amount of time raising a character. And this was in one of the older patches. And it was completely engrossing. And just from what I've heard and from what I've watched of what they've released since then, the game's only gotten better. And yeah. so it's going to consistently Man, I don't know, we're be playing this year for quite a bit, and it was it was definitely a good time. Enjoyed I know I, I I'm sad I missed out on the ability on on that timing, but <laughs> and hopefully like in the next couple of years it'll have another cycle. We'll all jump back in and fuck that shit up. But yeah, we're, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen definitely got there. And a game that I actually mentioned before, but I've watched a significant amount of gameplay for and feel significantly comfortable with saying based on the reviews and my experience with what little bit I've played of it of uh, is Yakuza Like a Dragon. And this hey. is actually Yakuza 7, not Yakuza 4. Also, for anyone who has Steam, it's on sale until the 5th of January. Ooh, Yakuza's on Steam. Yes. I didn't know that. I might. Yes. Yakuza Like a Dragon is an amazing game. It is 48 bucks for the full full game on Steam. That's with all the DLC? I believe the DLC might be a little bit more. I think the DLC might be like 60 something total with the, with um, The game is amazing and well worth the $50. I would highly recommend it. At $50 it's worth it because it'll give you upwards of 60 hours of gameplay. And which is rare for an it's RPG. Right in the front. The main storyline takes sixty hours to play through. That is an excellent amount of game. Absolutely for fifty bucks. Absolutely, and I highly recommend it. It is one of the best games, and with high end graphics, it'll look amazing. The story is next level. the 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 development was very meta, and will take you a, 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 down many journeys. And I highly recommend it. And so Yakuza Like a Dragon rounds out my top five. Yeah, uh, on Steam, the, the um the Legendary Hero Edition. Now I'm over here doing advertisement Steam shit. Do it. Uh, <laughs> uh the Legendary Hero Edition is fifty-eight dollars on Steam, and it looks like it has everything in it. Oh my goodness. And if it has all the DLC, then it's well worth the extra yeah, $10. 58 bucks and then, then 48 bucks. It's 35% off for the Legendary Hero Edition, 30% off for the Hero Edition, and just 25% off for the regular edition if you just want to be basic. Just get the Legendary Hero Edition. It's well worth it. <laughs> no, the yeah, game is amazing. It's, the game it's is amazing. Cheaper than the, um, it's that, the Legendary Hero Edition right now is cheaper than the overall game is on the regular. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely a good buy. All right, so yeah, let's let's wrap up our uh, year roundup with uh, top five people who have done some exemplary shit, and then the top five trash people. Yeah, yeah, because you know me, <laughs> I like to shit on some niggas. So yeah, starting out with the top five people who've done exemplary things, I'm gonna start out with Cori Bush. Shout she out to Cori Bush for show. For absolutely, show. she is a congresswoman from Missouri who is doing really powerful things to show what people power in Congress can do. Listen, it's not always about winning. It's sometimes it's about standing up for what you fucking believe in. And even though she doesn't have a constituency to win all of these things, she shows that, you know what? If each and every one of us actually steps up to the plate and represents the people, then eventually we could possibly get some, some good done. So I wanted to shout out Corey Bush. That's my number one. Um, number two, I want to shout out Michael Render because Killer Mike. Killer Mike has has 
exemplified being a citizen and doing everything in the citizen's power to actually affect the change that you believe needs to happen for the world to be a better place. And so I definitely want to shout out Michael Render as as one of the exemplary people for this year. Um, then I want to shout out, uh, this is a combo of Swizz Beats and Timberland for their hey. contribution of verses to this quarantine life. Hell yeah. Boy, has it been a fucking blessing. And I don't need to explain to anybody who listens to us how much I have appreciated the versus battles, yeah. but they have been just a huge boon to everybody who's been looking for entertainment during these times. Versus definitely did, did some big things this year, for sure. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> then I want to shout out the uh, the cast of uh, Clickbaity Political Thirst Track. <laughs> these, these gentlemen, Marcus Farrell, um, Mondale Robinson... And Benjamin Dixon have done a great job of providing political analysis from a black perspective, um, from people who have actually been on the ground doing things. And I really appreciate these brothers. You should always you should take your time out to 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 check them out in the morning if you can. Um, Benjamin Dixon uploads their their morning broadcasts uh, on his channel on YouTube. These guys. Whether you agree with them or not, they are always providing relevant and cogent political analysis uh, for for black people to think about from their perspective. And so I want to shout them out because they're doing the good work right now on the ground and in the media sphere. And so I want to shout them out that uh, Marcus Farrell, Mondale Robinson, and, and uh, Benjamin Dixon of the uh, political thirst trap uh, Clickbaity political thirst trap. They they have been doing great work in the media sphere. <clears throat> and uh, finally, my top five people of two, 2020 is Tamika Mallory because she has been doing great work in the the activism sphere uh, with Black Lives Matters in terms of getting some real change and progress and awareness out to not just the people but the powers that be in terms of where black people want to see this this country go because there's there's a lot of people out there who who talk about black problems but don't have a black perspective and Tamika Mallory is really talking about things that are heavily affecting the black community and so I want to shout her out for for doing the good work the hard good work and she's not the only one but she was just the one I wanted to point out in this top 5 so yeah Rounding that out, let's go ahead and hit up the top five trash motherfuckers. And <laughs> let me tell you, man, this one, it's so it's so sad because it was way easier to find five trash people than the five, five people that I wanted to really honor. And that's not to say that there's not five people that, that did great things this year, but there's just so many more people that did so much harm. To the society and the world at large. Yeah, trash people like to make sure they get noticed, though. You know I mean, whereas people who are worth noticing are usually doing things that are worth noticing. True story. So they're not promoting themselves in the same way that trash people would. So yeah, you know, the, the trash people was 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 a category that filled itself out relatively quickly, and the number one is always the easiest. Because 
there's one person who's gone above and beyond out of their way to make to abuse their position to make the world worse to to inflame any kind of problems that have existed already and that was trumpito the orange fucking wonder himself <laughs> and and I have no problems with with putting him at the number one trash person, no matter how easy of a fucking target he is, because he he is he's worked very hard at earning that title. And and when people work for something that hard, I find it hard not to give them their just desserts. <laughs> and so Trumpito cleanly so earned, and and I don't need to, and and it's it's so easy that I'm not even gonna talk about the shit that he actually did because if you haven't been paying attention then it doesn't matter he has been so overtly evil and and such a negative uh stain on this world that he without a doubt is the number one trash person of 2020 and probably the trash person of the prior years as well but this is just <laughs> that's funny he just uh, happened to be there at the time of this. He been trash. Next is Mitch McConnell. Because Always. anybody, anybody who finds it wor- worth their time to stifle the help of people during a p- pandemic, it's just he ha- has desired to be considered trash more than anything else in this world. Like, Mitch McConnell has worked so fervently to stifle any kind of progress, any kind of help that can that can come to the American people, that it's it's incumbent upon me to to put him in this this list of trash people of 2020 because he has consistently worked from the get-go to A, harbor fucking Donald Trump's malfeasance, and then B, enable it to a great degree. That his his negative effects on this country will will resound throughout history. It'll it'll resound for the next decade, for sure. So Mitch McConnell has definitely earned his place as a trash person for having detrimented the the American people economically, socially for for decades to come. Moving on from Mitch McConnell, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, DJ Academics <laughs> as one of my trash people of the year. Academics, no. Academics is pure trash and pure toxicity on the on the hip hop community. Um, and this is not just because he got me banned from fucking Twitter on my on my main account. <laughs> and that I, that's just one of the many reasons why I hold a a, a, a never ending grudge against academics, but. If you actually do any kind of genuine critique on his contribution to the to the hip hop community, it's purely toxic. <laughs> it's purely toxic. He has done nothing to uplift the community. He has only platformed people to hurt themselves. And moreover, he's allied with Takashi Six Nine. I mean, this guy is just the 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 utmost of trash and and vulture and and he's a black culture vulture and that's 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 enough to earn you a huge spot on this on this list. Just utilizing all of the strife in the African American community to your own benefit when you're trying to 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 
to parlay your identity politics of being a black Caribbean person just is it's disgusting. And in academics, it saddens me that 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 Joe Budden uh, has ever co-signed this guy because he definitely didn't deserve it. He definitely doesn't didn't deserve it. And academics has done nothing but degrade the the hip hop community, uh, and 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 mostly to a white white audience, you know. And and it's a it's a very 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 negative blemish on his on his career as a whole. So. DJ Academics has earned his spot on the trash people of the uh of the year for me. And moving on from that, we got Tory Lanes. I'm King I'm, Clown. Tory Lanes is King Clown for me. Because for all of the shit that's gone down, I have yet to see any discernible evidence that says he did not shoot a firearm. At a black woman, for any like, dude, I just don't understand. Like, where where is the bail that is being shot to this man? I just don't understand how he has garnered any kind of bail from the community in reference to his assault of a black woman. And so, since I haven't seen anything that is that is anywhere near uh, compelling as to why we would not fucking excommunicate this jackass from the community. I will definitely give Tory Lanez one of the top five trash people of the year for assaulting a black woman and then creating a media campaign campaign to justify the assault of black women for no reason. Tory Lanez, fuck you, bro. And I just really, really, really can't wait to see the day when you're no longer accepted as as a, a, a top end act because you don't respect the community, you don't respect black women, and moreover, you all you do is you provide bail for people who 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 look f- for reasons to to objectify and denigrate black women, and I don't I, I don't ride with that ever. So Tory Lanes, you have earned your spot on the trash people of twenty twenty. And the last spot I wanna I wanna reserve for billionaires like Bezos and Bloomberg. Because mm-hmm. while I would like to choose one of them, they both represent just the utter uh degradation of the American values of technocracy that says that the rich are going to somehow save us, that there's somehow a a a solution for all of our problems in the technocratic sphere. And Bezos and Bloomberg and all of these people have proven that, no, the rich will not save us. They're not going to save us. They will just spend their money to increase their fortunes more and more. And so trash person spot number five for 2020 goes to the billionaires who chose to spend their money on everything else other than actually solving the problems that are going on in this country and this world, that they all have a, a significant um, uh, amount of power to affect in a positive way. So that's going to go ahead and finish up our wrap of 2020. I hope you guys enjoyed hanging with us for this time. We're recording this on the uh, the 
eve of the new year, but you guys will be listening to this on New Year's Day. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, next episode, we'll be hitting up our projections for 2021, things that we hope to see. So uh, I hope everybody has a happy holiday and a safe one. And uh, always remember, you could find us on the social medias at on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and on Twitter at at Home Heron or at Cree underscore T. You can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks for joining us, guys, and I'll see you next time. Peace. Take it easy. Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year's.